Wheaties presents Dangerous Assignment. On stage tonight from Hollywood, Dangerous Assignment, another in the Wheaties big parade of exciting half-hour presentations. Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Yeah, danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though trouble. But when I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize that this assignment is going to plump me right into the middle of a nice, juicy war. Morning, Commissioner. Oh, Steve. Have a seat. I'll be with you in a second. Okay. Ruth. Yes, Commissioner. Steve's here now. Fine. I'm working on his plane reservation right now. I'll probably have it by the time you're through with it. Good. Well, needless to say, I'm about to set forth into the wild blue yonder again. That's right. Steve, there's a guerrilla leader over in the Orient. Nobody knows who he is, but he's been raiding the supplies and military equipment we've sent over there. In short, we think he's building up the strength of his organization so that he can launch an attack similar to the other one that was launched recently. And we've got to stop him now. You've got to find him before you stop him, you know. You've got to find him, you mean. Oh, just like that, huh? When you get to the coast, there'll be a small plane waiting for you. You're going to fly yourself to the town of Yabne, inland. When you get there, go to the Grand East Hotel. You'll be contacted by Dr. Mao. Yabne, Grand East Hotel. Dr. Mao, who's he? An influential leader of the opposition to this guerrilla chief. Now, Steve, get over there. Find out who this guerrilla chief is and stop him before it's too late. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck. <laughs> Dangerous assignment will continue in a moment. Now, here is the Wheaties man, Frank Martin. Wake up tomorrow morning and listen, family. Reach for the Wheaties. Tuck yourself around a bowl of Wheaties at 7 a.m. and see if you don't feel the pleasant difference all morning long. Crisp? Mm, My goodness, crisp is a sunny morning. Good? You bet they're good. They're sound, rich, whole wheat goodness to them. And what they do for you, listen... There's a whole kernel of wheat in every Wheaties flake. That's how Wheaties can give you so much. Whole wheat vitamins and minerals to help you sail through the morning like a breeze. Drive a cultivator, clean the house, or pound a typewriter. Wherever you are, whatever you do, have a bowl of milk and fruit and Wheaties in the morning. And see how good you can feel all morning long. Try it. See how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. Do that now, will you? Sure, I've got my assignment. A breeze. Just a simple matter of flying to the Orient, finding a guerrilla leader that no one's ever seen, and stopping a war before it starts. Well, it's Friday when I get to the coast. A small plane is waiting for me, and I fly it to Yabney in the interior. On the way to the hotel, I spot two characters following me. I check in, go up to my room, and already I've got company. Uh, Forgive us our intrusion, Mr. Mitchell. Well, I didn't know I was holding open house. 
for you. Oh, permit me. I am Dr. Mao, and this is Colonel Diane. Oh, you're the man that was to contact me. Yes. Well, what's the setup, gentlemen? A precarious one, Mr. Mitchell. The guerrilla leader we are after is clever and diabolical. He seems to have very accurate sources of information. His raids are well-timed and well-organized. Then he and his men vanish without a trace. Mr. Mitchell, you must be tired from your trip. I suggest you rest this afternoon and come to my house for dinner this evening. We can discuss the matter further. And in the meantime, Mr. Mitchell, a word of advice, if you will permit. Sure. What's on your mind, Colonel Diane? This guerrilla chief has informants everywhere. Even now, your presence and the purpose of your visit may be known to him. I advise you to be ever alert as to your own safety. I am sure you realize you would be no good to us dead. And with that bit of cheerful philosophy, Colonel Diane and Dr. Mao take off. I stay in my room all afternoon, and then a little before seven, I leave the hotel and start walking toward Dr. Mao's house. Suddenly, I spot one of the characters who was tailing me before. He's closing in on me, and he's got a knife. A rickety taxi cab comes cruising along about then, and I jump on the running board, pull open the door, and dive inside. Right into the lap of the other boy who was tailing me. So happy to see you. Oh, great. So long, Buster. So sorry, but you're not leaving. Well. So, you may proceed, driver. When I come out of it, I'm lying on a couch in some sort of a mansion. There's a scent of jasmine in the air and a thin thread of music. The guy who conked me is standing at the door, and sitting across from me is a woman who's a dead ringer for the dragon lady. Finn. Yes, honored madam. You may leave the room, but stay by the door. Yes, honored madam. Who are you? I am called Madame Thiers. The situation is that you and I, as you might put it, are on the opposite sides of the fence. Oh? Do I make myself clear? I think so. It is known that you have been expected. And now that you are here, let me make it very clear to you that you will not be able to carry out your assignment. I see. You have two choices. Oh, that's nice to know. What are they? You may leave at once and return to your country. I take it that's choice number one. And if I don't... Choice number two. You will be killed. You seem to have it all figured out, Madam Tia. It is quite simple. Excuse me? She picks up the phone and listens for a second and then does a big take. She looks like she's pretty absorbed in the conversation, and I know this is my only chance. She doesn't see me edging towards the window, but just as I get there, the door opens and her stewed sin comes in. Stop! Stop! I, I tail it away from there. I'm wondering why Madame Tia told Sin to stop shooting. It doesn't make sense. I head for Dr. Mao's house. He and Colonel Diane are waiting. Ah, good evening, Mr. Mitchell. <laughs> Dr. Mao, I didn't realize you were throwing this big a party. Oh, just a few friends. Uh, Dr. Mitchell, you are slightly cut and bruised. Yeah. A lady told me to get out of the country or drop dead, and she was willing to arrange the latter. Who was this woman? Oh, a very beautiful little doll named Madame... 
What is the matter, Mr. Mitchell? Oh, nothing, except that the lady in question happens to be approaching us right now. What? Good evening, gentlemen. Madame Fia, as always, I am delighted to welcome you to my house. But there seems to be some misunderstanding. Mr. Mitchell suggests that you... Indeed, there was a misunderstanding, Mr. Mitchell, and I must apologize. You see, my men picked you up thinking you were the hired aviator we had information about. Wait a minute. What hired pilot are you talking about? I can explain, Mr. Mitchell. We have had information that this guerrilla chief has directed most of his operations from the air. Last week, he is rumored to have lost his private plane and pilot. Our further information is that he had arranged for another plane and an American pilot. Oh, so Madame Tia here figured I was the boy, huh? Yes. Please... My apology for this stupid mistake? <laughs> your first desire to aid the cause is worthy of commendation, my dear. But as always, your impulsiveness has misguided you. Yes. Such matters are really in my province. I am only aware of that, Colonel. I will not interfere again. I am sure you will not. Come, we will have a drink. Uh, would you like to meet my other guest, Mr. Mitchell? Well, right now, I'd like to have a little talk with you, Dr. Ma. Well, of course. Uh, come, we will walk out onto the terrace. Huh? Um, what uh, was it you wished to talk about? Uh, Madam Tia. Who is she? Where does she fit into this deal? She is fanatically devoted to our cause. I wonder. What do you mean? Well, she could have known who I was all along. That story that she gave us just now might be a pretty neat cover-up. I have not the slightest doubt of her sincerity. Okay, well, let it go for the present. I, uh, wait. What is it? The bushes over there, they just moved a little. What? Mitchell, a man with a gun. Yeah, get down. Oh, Dr. Marvel. Oh, it is all right, Mitchell. It is just a flesh wound. Here, here, let me give you a hand. Oh, thanks, thanks. I did not get a very good look at him. I did. I'll recognize him if I ever see him again. What happened? I heard Dr. Marvel. Oh, it is nothing, Colonel. Slight wound in the shoulder. Come, come, we will get you inside. No, 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 no. I do not wish to disturb my guests. Now, look. Oh, no, please. Uh, there is one of my servants. He can take me upstairs by the back way and take care of me. I insist, gentlemen. Uh, Wong, help me to my room. Are you sure you're okay? Of course. I, I, I will join you later. Uh, come, Wong, come. Brother, he's a pretty calm character. Indeed he is. Mitchell, there has been a new development... I was looking for you when I heard the shot out here. What is it? This American pilot we believe to be in the employ of the guerrilla leader has arrived. Oh? Where is he? My men have picked him up and are holding him in custody. His name is Williams. Good. Come on, Colonel. Let's you and me have a little chat with Mr. Williams. Oh, now look, you two. All right, so my name is Williams, so I am a pilot. I'm just hanging around this town looking for a job. I don't know any guerrilla leader, and I'm not working for one. And you'll never be able to prove any different. Now listen to me, Mr. Williams. Wait a minute, Colonel. Okay, Williams, you can go. What's that? Mitchell. Sure, go ahead, Williams, shove off. Well, it's a little more like it. See you around, fellas. Of course, uh, if you're not in our custody, then what happens to you isn't our responsibility, is it? What? What do you mean by that? Well, figure it out, Buster. The natives here in Yabney are pretty bitter about this guerrilla chief. All right, so what? So they think you came here to work for him. I wouldn't be at all surprised if they felt like taking justice into their own hands. Look, what are you trying to say? Oh, nothing. Go ahead. Walk out of here. You might get a block away. You might even get two blocks away. Oh, I get it. 
All right? I'm not going to make any clay pigeon out of myself or anybody. What's the deal? Safe conduct out of here for you if you tell us who this guerrilla chief is. I don't know. Now, look. I'm telling you the truth. I've never seen him. He's never seen me. I got word he needed a boy. I let it be known I was interested. How did you intend to contact him? I was told to go to a little flower stand down the street and buy five gardenias. They take it from there. I see. Okay, Colonel, I'm through with him. Guards, take him away. All right, now look. Don't forget that safe conduct you promised me. We won't. Look, we know how Williams was supposed to contact this guy, and we also know that this guy has never seen Williams. So? Colonel, I've got me an idea. A little wild, maybe, but it could work, and it's our only chance. We're going to send another pilot in Williams' place. Another pilot who? You're looking at him, Colonel. Steve Mitchell will continue his dangerous assignment in just a minute. And now, my friends, I'd like you to hear from a famous young man known for his pitching arm. And known, too, for the fact that Wheaties make his favorite training dish. And believe me, training is mighty important for this young man. Ask him a question, will you, Ed Prentice? Now, young man, will you tell us what you do for a living? I pitch. You what? Pitch, pitch. You know, baseball. When you have a baseball team, you have to have a pitcher. I'm a pitcher. I pitch. Oh, yes, yes, I see. And are you on a team? Uh, yes, sir. I'm on the Cleveland Indians. Cleveland Indians, hmm? What is your name, young man? I'm Bob Feller. And you know it as well as I do, Ed. Sure I do, Bob. It's good to see you. This makes your 14th season playing with the Indians, doesn't it? Yep, Ed. 14 years. Well, tell me, Bob, how long have you been eating Wheaties? Oh, about 20 years, give or take a couple. You mean you started eating Wheaties before you started playing ball? Oh, I, of course. What's so strange about that? Most people start eating Wheaties before they get to playing ball. In fact, most people never start playing baseball. You don't have to be a ball player to enjoy the lift you get from Wheaties with milk and fruit. You're right as rain, Bob. No champ ever said a truer word about Wheaties. Breakfast of champions. Whether you pitch baseballs for a living or drive a bus or keep house or lay bricks, you can use Wheaties too. Breakfast of champions. Have some. Now, back to Dangerous Assignment and Steve Mitchell. Hey, you uh, told me you wanted to see me here in your office, Colonel. Yes, Mr. Mitchell, please have a seat. We are going to plan a campaign. Oh? And for the first time, I think we will have the jump on our friend, the guerrilla leader. Hmm? We are sending a shipment of military supplies into the interior the day after tomorrow, and I have reason to believe the guerrillas have learned of it and now plan to raid this shipment. I see. And we're going to give them a little surprise party, huh? With your help. Now, observe this map, please. Here is our city of Yabney. The Rouge River, as you can see, winds inland from here. Oh, and this is a railroad running parallel to the river, huh? Correct. And these military supplies are going to be on that train? That was the original plan, and that is what we believe the guerrillas think. Actually, we have secretly arranged to ship the supplies by barges up the river. On the train will be my troops, fully prepared for action. Good. Looks like these guerrillas are going to stick their head into a meat grinder. We sincerely hope so. Any idea where their attack will take place, Colonel? I know where the most logical point is. Impress this area of the map thoroughly on your mind, Mr. Mitchell. At this point, the railroad crosses the river. We will call it Bridge A. The river forms a horseshoe and widens out into a lake. There are high cliffs on one side. Then the railroad recrosses the river up here, Bridge B. I believe the attack will take place either at Bridge A or Bridge B. And your troops will be ready for trouble at either point? Yes. 
And now we come to the part you will play in this operation, Mr. Mitchell. The most important part. What's that? At the time of the raid, you will probably be up in a plane with him somewhere over this horseshoe area. I hope so. And he won't be able to issue many orders with my hand over his mouth. That is exactly the point. If you wish to communicate with me, do so on 3570 killer cycles. And one thing more. This leader must not escape from you. I am so sorry. I did not know you were occupied. It's quite all right, my dear. Madam Tia? What's on your mind, my dear? It was just that I have thought of a plan by which How many might... times have I told you you must leave the planning to Dr. Mao and myself? As a matter of fact, Mitchell and I are even now putting a plan into operation by which we feel confident the guerrilla leader will be captured. Oh, I am so happy to hear that. What is this plan? Well, in short, we plan to put... Hey, Colonel, there's not much use in talking about a plan until it works, is there? Perhaps you are right. Anyway, I'm sure that Madame Tia is more interested in the results rather than the manner in which they're obtained. Yes, of course. Well, I better be on my way. Be very careful, Mitchell. Don't worry. My every wish for your success, Mr. Mitchell. And please be assured of my undying gratitude. That might be an interesting topic of conversation when we get together again, Madame Tia. Yes, I hope it will not be long before we do. Well, you never can tell. See you later, I hope. Yes, sir? I'd like to buy some flowers. As you see, I have nice flowers. All kinds. I want five gardenias. Five gardenias? You would not like half a dozen? I said five. I see. You are Williams, the American pilot. Yeah. Vanda! Yes? It is Williams. You are late, Williams. We have been expecting you for some time. I got here as soon as I could. Who are you? Vanda, second in command to our leader. Come. Where are we going? By small boat up the Rouge River. Where to? You are too inquisitive. Everything will be unfolded to you at the proper time. Come. Banda and I head up the river. Three hours later, we turn into a cove. There's a small freighter hidden there, and a seaplane is hoisted out of the hold. We climb in it and take off. Half an hour later, Banda points down. We're right over the same horseshoe in the river that Colonel Diane had pointed out to me on the map. I bring the plane down and land it on the lake. Nice landing. Thanks. Keep taxiing straight ahead. Straight ahead? We're heading right for that cliff. Do as you are told. Now, look. Hey, the side of the cliff is moving. Yes. As you see, the cliff is not as solid as it looks. Well, what do you know? A king-size swinging door. Yes, it is an entrance to a large cave. You can taxi the plane right in. So, this is headquarters, huh? This is headquarters. I taxi into the cave and the camouflage gate swings shut behind us. We climb out. Banda leads the way up a ladder to an upper room in the cave. He leaves me there and disappears. It's an observation post looking out over the lake and it's full of radio equipment. Then I start getting a few nasty surprises. Number one, the radio operator is the same guy who tried to kill Dr. Mao. He keeps giving me the haven't I seen you somewhere before look and I start sweating. Number two... 
Sitting on a chair over in one corner is Sin, Madam Tia's stooge. The guy who slugged me and dragged me to her house right after I got to Yabney. Right now, I've got an uneasy feeling that I was right about Madam Tia. But my surprises haven't ended yet. Number three walks into the observation post with Vonda. Hello, Mitchell. Well, Williams. Yeah, Williams. Been having fun posing as me? So you decided not to take our safe conduct out of the country. I went as far as the waterfront. Then I figured out which side my dough was buttered on. So it would seem you were not as clever as you thought, Mitchell. It sure would, Banda. My compliments to Madame Tia. I will be glad to deliver them, Mitchell. Dr. Mao. Indeed. I gather your suspicions were directed against Madame Tia. Perhaps I should have allowed them to continue in that direction. It's been you all along, huh? Exactly. Pretty clever act you pulled having your stooge over there plug you in the shoulder for my benefit. <laughs> A painful but effective device. I have used it before and uh, may have to again. And Madame Tia's boy over there is really working for you, huh? Oh, no. If you had looked more closely, you would have seen that his hands are tied behind him. Sin has certain information which he will reveal to me in good time. Barges in sight of first bridge. Barges in sight of first bridge. Uh, there is the radio signal we have been waiting for. Come, Williams. We'll take off at once. The barges? Yes, indeed, Mr. Mitchell. I am completely aware of Colonel Diane's little scheme. I know the supplies I want are on the barges instead of on the train, and my plan has been set accordingly. Great. I must take my leave now, but as you can see, the radio operator is armed, so it would be foolish to attempt an escape before I return. And, uh, anyway, I wish to grant you the pleasure of witnessing my complete victory before you die. You will hear the conclusion of Dangerous Assignment in just a moment. First, here is the Wheaties man, Frank Martin. You know, every morning in my house, everybody has to get up. How about you folks? You have to get up too? Well, do what we do. Get up to Wheaties. They can help make the whole morning look a lot brighter at the breakfast table. As pleasant a way to meet the world as any I know of. Plus, listen, there's a whole kernel of wheat in every Wheaties flake. That's why they give you wonderful, wonderful nourishment. Every Wheaties flake gives the family natural whole wheat vitamins and minerals and whole wheat energy. All things that can make a whale of a big difference the whole morning long. You try it and see what a difference it makes. Breakfast of champions with milk and fruit. Tomorrow morning, next morning, see how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. You do that now, huh? Well, long about now, I'm willing to sell my social security number cheap. My brilliant idea has backfired, and I find out I've been played for a sucker all along. Dr. Mao and his gang know the supplies are on the barge, and it looks like Colonel Diane and his troops are going to be left holding the bag, and me, I'm the guy in the bag. Well, they tie my hands and dump me in the corner beside Sin. Then they leave. Well, Mr. Mitchell, it would appear we are both very unfortunate. Yeah. How come they're holding you here, Sim? Madame Tia plans to import hired fighters to track down these gorillas. Dr. Mao learned of her plan and knows that I can tell him where the first meeting of these fighters is to take place. So he's keeping you on ice until you do, huh? Yes, I 
Heard him tell the guard over there at the radio that under no circumstances was anything to happen to me until he returned. Hmm. Brother, I'd like to get to that radio and warn Colonel Diane and his troops of what's going to happen. Mm, that guard will shoot you if you try. Yeah, and with my hands tied up. Hey, wait a minute. I got an idea. Twist around so that we're sitting back to back. Come on. Very well. Uh, that's it. Yeah. I think I can untie your hands. Keep your eyes on that guard. He's not paying any attention to us. Lena to Patriots. Lena to Patriots. That must be Dr. Mao in his plane. Patriots yet. Remain in concealment. Attack after barges have passed the first bridge. We haven't got much time. There. My hands are free. Yeah, yeah. Now untie mine. Hurry. Yes, but what thing? You're going to run for that entrance. But, Mitchell, if I fall, it is a hundred feet down. Don't worry. You won't have to dive, and the guard's not going to shoot you. You said he had orders to keep you alive. He'll grab you, and I'll grab him. Okay, that's the last knot. Thanks. Thanks. Are you ready? Yes. Go ahead. Stop seeing death before dishonor. Yeah. Get back. Uh, Mitchell. That's right, Buster. Oh. Good work, Sim. Now I've got to get through to Colonel Diane. Do you know the right frequency? Yeah. He said he'd be guarding three, five, seven old kilocycles on the train. There we are. Steve Mitchell to Colonel Diane. Steve Mitchell to Colonel Diane. Over. Deanto Mitchell, Deanto Mitchell, are you in the plane? I can see you circling over. Mitchell to Deanne, I'm in a cave on the side of a cliff overlooking the lake. Get this. Dr. Mao's the leader. He and his boys know the supplies are in the barges, not on the train. Over. Deanto Mitchell, repeat name of guerrilla leader. Over. You heard me right. It's Dr. Mao. Where are you and your troops now? Our train is just crossing the first bridge. Good. Maybe there's still time. Look, the guerrillas will probably attack the barges in small boats. Unload half your troops at the bridge you're on now. Take the other half up to the upper bridge. We may be able to bottle the gorillas up in between. Over. I will give the necessary orders at once. Over and out. It's a race against time now. I tune back to the gorillas' radio frequency, grab a pair of binoculars, and go to the entrance to the cave. The minutes drag by. Dr. Mao's plane is circling over the lake. Suddenly, in the distance... I can see the line of barges passing under the first bridge. If Deanne's men aren't in position by now, we're cooked. The barges inch out into the lake. Attack! Attack! Dr. Mao's orders come over the radio. Small boats start out from the shore and head for the barges, and it looks like he's won. Then I can hear him shooting. They're shooting from the lower bridge. Colonel Deanne's troops, and they're blasting the gorilla boats right out of the water. Bridge lead up the river! The boats start streaking up the river. I'm just hoping Colonel Deanne's ready to close the trap on them. Mitchell, look. Dr. Mo's plane is landing in front of the cave. Yeah, he's heading here for cover. We'll try to give him a good reception. The gorilla boats are almost to the upper bridge. Yep. If they get past us, we'll lose them. They are passing under it now. They will escape. Not quite. Listen to that. Yeah, it worked. They're getting cut to pieces, Sin. Well, it looks like this is the end of the line for these gorillas. But listen, Dr. Mao's plane is inside the cave below us. Yeah, they'll be climbing up here in a minute. Let's get back inside the cave. You take Williamson, leave Dr. Mao for me. Very well. Get back. They're coming up the ladder. I, I will wait for your signal. Watch it. They're both armed. Who's not going to Lord Williams? My plans were perfect. Well, Napoleon, quit worrying about your campaign. Start worrying about us getting out of here. But still, I do not understand what... Wait, wait, wait. Look. The guard lying unconscious, huh? Where's Mitchell? Right here, Doctor. Mitchell. Williams, quick. Get Williamson. I have him. Good work. Let go of me. Drop the gun or I'll break your arm. Drop it. 
That's better. Richard, yes, I knife. I need it. Ah, still want to drop a knife, huh? Okay. Ah, help! I... Uh, no! Oh! Right on top of his own plane. One might observe that such an ending is most fitting for Dr. Mao. Yeah. In the old days, they used to fall on their sword. Now, they fall on their plane. That's what you call progress, Sin. Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell, is written by Bob Reif, with music composed by Basil Adlam and conducted by Ralph Hollenbeck, and is produced and directed by Bill Carr. Join us again next Wednesday at this time when Brian Donlevy, starring as Steve Mitchell, will embark on another Dangerous Assignment. And this is the Wheaties man, Frank Martin, inviting you to listen Thursday, that's tomorrow night, to Sarah Berner in Sarah's Private Caper on the Wheaties Big Parade. See you then. Dangerous Assignment comes to you from Hollywood. Next, The Falcon, one of four exciting mysteries, tonight on NBC. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful, time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Wheaties presents Dangerous Assignment. On stage tonight from Hollywood, Dangerous Assignment, another in the Wheaties' big parade of exciting half-hour presentations. Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Yeah, danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though, trouble. But when I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize that this assignment is going to involve my trying to hide three divisions of troops behind an empty water glass. I found him right in the middle of a big deal, as usual. Hello, Steve. Commissioner? I hope it was a square deal. She didn't look square to me. Uh, what have you told him so far, Ruth? Well, only that you wanted him to go looking for a woman. <laughs> I figured that was the best bait I could use. Well, don't tell me it isn't true. Oh, it's true, all right, but I'm afraid your association with this particular woman won't be a very pleasant one. I might have known. Now, I have your passport and credentials ready when the commissioner's through with you, Steve. Okay, Ruth. Well, what's the deal, Commissioner? Vienna. Vienna? 
<laughs> Long time since I've danced a Strauss waltz. You can leave your ballet slippers home, Steve. Here's a setup. With the situation what it is, we have to increase our arm strength on all fronts. Naturally, our consulates are kept informed as to proposed increases of strength in their respective areas. So? So, two days ago, a document containing information regarding troop movements in Europe was stolen from our consulate in Vienna. The troops have already embarked, and with these unidentified subs around, we can't take chances. I see. Any idea who swiped the document? Yes, a janitor named Joseph Bildner. Well, that doesn't sound so tough. Find Bildner. We've already found Bildner in an alley in Vienna last night, murdered. I see. Well, that sort of puts a new light on things. The document wasn't on his person. Just before he died, he mumbled the name Eva Loesch. Eva Loesch? Hey, that name rings a bell. A siren, you should say. But I haven't time to go into her background now to fill a book. Manville Olson can tell you all about her. Who's Olson? He's with the consulate in Vienna. You'll arrive there early tomorrow evening. Go to the Imperial Bar at 8 o'clock. Olson will be waiting for you. Why meet in the bar? Not that I have any objections. Well, this investigation has to be kept undercover, particularly the part about Eva Loesch. Olson will tell you why. Now, Steve, get over there. Talk to Olson. Find Eva Loesch. And most important, get those documents back. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck. Dangerous Assignment will continue in a moment. Now, here is the Wheaties man, Frank Martin. Ever think of this? You wait longer for breakfast than for any other meal of the day. From the time you go to bed until you eat breakfast is the longest period there is between two meals. So, breakfast has to be good to do the most good for you at a time when you really need food. Which is why I say start breakfast with Wheaties and milk and fruit. It's a pleasant way to get protein, vitamins, and minerals and just plain whole wheat energy in a hurry without a lot of fuss. Wheaties supply energy when you need energy because there's a whole kernel of wheat in every Wheaties flake. Yes, a whole kernel of wheat in every Wheaties flake. Sure, breakfast of champions. See for yourself. Have some. See how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. Yeah, I've got my assignment. Find the girl named Eva Loesch and get a stolen document from her. Ordinarily, there's nothing I like better than to cherche la femme. But from what the commissioner has told me, I've got an uneasy feeling that this is going to be all cherche and no femme. Well, it's Friday evening when I get to Vienna. I check in at the hotel and then head for the Imperial Bar. Over at a corner table, a guy gives me the nod. I head over there. You're uh, Mitchell, aren't you? Yeah. Olson? That's right. Have a seat. Thanks. Look, uh, the commissioner back in the States told me that you could give me the background on this Eva Loesch. Well, I can tell you all we know over here at the consulate, which isn't enough. Eva Loesch was a red-hot Nazi. She was killed in the Berlin Blitz. What? We thought. Now it looks as if she's been very much alive and in hiding all this time. And worse yet, it looks like she's up to her old tricks. You mean a new Nazi party? No. You know, some of these ex-Nazis have a habit of selling out to the highest bidder. I get it. Now, according to what the commissioner told me, this document concerning our troop movements was stolen from your consulate by a janitor named Bildner. He was found murdered in an alley and mumbled Eva Loesch's name just before he died. That's right. We believe Eva killed him and has the document. But of course, we've kept all that undercover. 
We don't want Eva to know. We know she's alive. Uh, here. Hmm? This ad I spotted in the afternoon paper. Take a look at it. What? Will the cab driver who picked up a woman passenger at the plaza last Tuesday night at 8.30 please come to 37 Burgestrasse? Hey, Tuesday night. That was the night that Bildner was murdered, wasn't it? Yes. In an alley about half a block from the plaza. Huh. This could tie in all right. 37 Burgestrasse. Okay. I think I'll answer that ad, Olson. I'll check with you later. <laughs> Are you the one who put that advertisement in the paper this afternoon? Come in. Yes, I'm the one. Why? Fräulein... Frau Denise Menescu. Who are you? I'm the cab driver you're looking for. Oh? Uh, describe this woman you picked up. Well, well she's about... Oh, medium build, dark hair... You're lying. Huh? I do not know who you are, but you are not a cab driver. Now, look. Yes? You are the one who put the notice in the paper. Oh, great. Why, yes. I would like to talk to you, please. Just a minute. I am the cab driver in question. Who is this man? This man is about to leave. No, I do not think so. What? Oh, well, come to think of it, you may be right. How come the gun, Buster? You will stay right here, both of you. You are not cab drivers, either of you. In my case, you are quite right. As for this other man, I do not know who he is. I will find that out presently. Well, as long as we're going to play guessing games, maybe you wouldn't mind if I start guessing who you are. You do not have to guess, my friend. I will tell you. I am Lieutenant Oscar Sigal of the police. The police? Well, that takes a load off my mind. Does it? Yeah, but I can't say as much for Frau Manescu here. She seems to be real upset at the news. Frau Manescu? The name seems to mean something to you, Lieutenant. You are not by any chance related to George Manistu. Yes, sir. I'm his wife. But this is completely mystifying. Why would the wife of George Manistu be implicated in such an unsavory affair as this? Somebody mind telling me who George Manistu is? What is your interest in this matter? Maybe these credentials will answer that question, Lieutenant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see. They have indeed answered that question, Herr Mitchell. Now, how about filling me in on this George Menescu? Oh, a local politician of high character who has worked in close cooperation with your government here. I see. Well, in that case, Frau Menescu... Oh, there, there is no use holding back anything more. I, I did not want the police brought into this. But, well, here you are. Here I am indeed. I must strongly impress upon you the wisdom of making a full explanation at this time. Yes, I... Well, you see, Eva Loesch is my sister. What? I believed, as did the rest of the world, that she was dead. I believed that until Tuesday night, when she came here to see me. What did she want? She said she was in trouble and wanted to hide here. I refused. And then she said I, I must help her. In what way? She said that a man was killed, but that she did not do it. That there was a cab driver who could clear her if she could only find him. So you ran that ad in the paper? I, I, I didn't know what else to do. I, I, I couldn't go to the police. I, I know what damage would be done to my husband's reputation if it were learned that the notorious Eva Loesch was his wife's sister. So I, I, I ran the advertisement, hoping it would help clear her. 
And then if their relationship were to be revealed later, it, at least it would be not quite so bad for my husband. I see. Well, that all leads us up to the big question. Where's Eva? I do not know. From Manuscue, it is my duty to warn you that withholding information... I'm telling you the truth. I swear it. I've no idea where Eva's hiding. She said that she would contact me in a few days, but I've not heard from her. Look, sisterly love is a wonderful thing. But I hope that you realize, unless we locate Eva in a hurry, there's going to be a lot more damage done than just to your husband's reputation. Sisterly love, you think that is what I feel for Eva? As far back as I can remember, we've hated each other. My only regret is that she was not killed in Berlin. Then we have your promise that you will communicate with us at once if she contacts you again. Yes, yes, at once. And rest assured, gentlemen, it will be a happy day for me when I can turn my dear sister over to you. It sounds like quite a surprise party you ran into last night, Mitchell. Yeah, it was, Olsen. And, of course, the biggest surprise was finding out that Mrs. Minescu is Eva Losha's sister. Incidentally, what information have you got on the Minescu's? Well, he seems to be our white hope in local politics around here right now. He's very pro-United States. As to the background, George and his wife, Denise, apparently were anti-Nazi right from the start, which must have made it a little tough on them in Germany. Yeah, I can imagine. I believe they were married just before the fall of Berlin and managed to get out of the country. Uh, would you like to meet George Minescu Mitchell? Yeah, I would. Can you arrange it? I'm playing golf with him in an hour. Why don't you come along? It's a deal. Let's go. That last shot of yours was a honey, Mr. Minescu. Looks like you're only about two feet from the pen. Oh, thank you, Mr. Mitchell. But I wish you to know that from now on, I believe nothing you say. Oh? When the three of us started this game, you were full of apologies about your bad goals. We are now approaching the seventh green, and you are three strokes over par. <laughs> yes, I'm afraid Mitchell makes most of his apologies before he makes his best. <laughs> well, you can't blame a guy for trying to get good odds. <laughs> Indeed, you cannot. Well, here we are, gentlemen. And I must say, this is the part of golf I enjoy the most. Putting? Yes. Well, it's the part of the game that pays off. Mm, perhaps it is because putting is so helpful to me. How so, Maniski? Well, I practice it constantly, even when I'm at home. Particularly when I'm thinking about something, putting relaxes me, helps me to think clearly. Mr. Olsen, I believe you are away. Your putt. Oh, sorry. Uh, downhill putt, too. That's the kind I don't like. Well, in your case, practice sure pays off, Mr. Minescu. Your putting is very sharp. Oh, thank you. Too bad, Olsen. Rim the cup on you, huh? Yeah. Well, that gives me a six. Well, looks like I'm next. Little break to the right, it looks like. Not quite as much as it looks. Thanks for the tip. Nice putt. <laughs> I had good advice. Maybe you can return it sometime. Be glad to, except I don't think you'll need any on this putt of yours. Can't be more than two feet. No, I need this for my power. This is a lot more pleasant way to spend time than roosting behind a desk. Yeah, but it isn't helping us find evil Loesch. Missed. I'm sorry, Mr. Minescu. I didn't realize you were set to putt, or I would have kept still. Oh, that's quite all right, Mr. Mitchell. Your voice did not bother me. I don't know what went wrong. Well, it looked like you tightened up all of a sudden. Yes, yes. Well, it is no matter. Come, the next tee is right over there. 
I'm really sorry about that, Manescu. Oh, but I assure you, I was not even aware you were talking, Mitchell. For the life of me, I can't understand why I should miss a two-foot putt. But that is what makes the game of golf so unpredictable, I suppose. I think they call it the human element. <laughs> yeah, I think they do. Yeah, let's see. Uh, oh, I believe you're still up, Manescu. Hmm? Oh, yes, yes. You know, Steve, it seems to me that you raised your voice a little when you mentioned the name Eva Loesch. Did I? Wait, we mustn't rattle Manescu anymore. He's ready to drive. Oh, miserable. Yeah, quite a slice. I must have cut across the ball. Gentlemen, I, I hate to say this, but I, I seem to have a headache. I wonder if perhaps you would excuse me from continuing with our match. Sure, matter of fact, I've had enough. How about you, Olson? Sure, any time. We can cut back towards the clubhouse through this grove of trees. Oh, please, please, I don't want to spoil your game. Why don't the two of you continue? No, no, it seems to be getting a little too warm for comfort anyway. <coughs> Olsen! Mitchell, he's been shot right through the head. Quick, Manescu, let's get into that grove of trees. I think it'll be a little safer there. But where did the shot come from? Who knows? Here, in here. It was from a rifle which means the sniper could be behind a hundred different trees and bushes on the golf course. But I do not understand why anyone would want to kill Olsen. He had no enemies. That's what I was thinking, Manescu, and it gives rise to a few assorted interesting thoughts. What do you mean? Maybe that bullet was meant for somebody else. Somebody else? Do you mean yourself? Yeah, maybe me. Or maybe you, Manescu. Steve Mitchell will continue his dangerous assignment in just a moment. Folks, I'd like to have you meet a good friend of mine and a prominent member of a fine little organization known as the Chicago White Sox, Mr. Lucius Benjamin Affleck. Ooh, Ed, don't say it like that. Whoever heard of a ball player named Lucius? What if I went around calling you Paul Edward Prentice? Let's just make it Ed and Luke, huh? <laughs> All right, Luke. Say, just how long have you been with the White Sox? Over 20 years, Ed. Golly, I played in darn near 2,500 games. Then it bat almost 9,000 times. Man, I'm from way back. Well, Luke, you don't look it. How do you keep up the pace, anyway? Well, Ed, I sleep good. I eat good. I eat mighty good. Wheat is about four mornings a week. Those little old flakes put a lot of snap, even in an old-timer like me. Must be because they're 100% whole wheat. I sure like wheaties and milk and fruit. You know, Luke, that's exactly what I hear from a lot of ball players and plenty of other people, too. No wonder they call Wheaties the breakfast of champions. Thank you, Ed Prentice and Luke Appling. And as for a breakfast of champions, friends, sure, they're for men who go to bat for a living, but confidentially, they're for us, too, you and me. We need whole wheat energy, same as the champions who play ball for their paychecks. Don't forget your own breakfast of champions. Wheaties, get yours. <laughs> Now, back to Dangerous Assignment and Steve Mitchell. Ah, Mitchell, I have been expecting you. You uh, uncovered anything new, Lieutenant Siegel? Indeed I have. You told me that when you mentioned the name Eva Loesch on the golf course earlier today, Manescu reacted visibly. That's right. I dangled a little bait under his nose, and he snapped at it like an undernourished barracuda. Huh. Of course, to be fair to the guy, he probably knows that his wife is Eva's sister. It could have been that. I am positive it was much more than that. Oh? I have done a considerable amount of investigation into Manescu's background, and I am sure it will be of interest to you to learn that in the old Nazi days in Germany, Manescu and Eva Loesch were... 
uh, shall we say, extremely friendly. Oh, yeah? Well, that kind of puts a different light on things. Yeah, indeed it does. After Eva's death, Manescu married her sister, Denise, and made his escape from Germany with her. Hmm. And now Eva's popped up again. You know, that gives rise to an interesting possibility. Yeah, the possibility that Manescu has been seeing Eva again and knows where she is. Which means he either has those documents or knows where they are. Well, I've got to hand it to him for the big act he's been putting on about being such a friend of the United States. If our suspicions of Manescu are correct, one cannot help feeling sorry for his wife, though. Yeah. It must be pretty rough spot for Denise if she has any idea what's going on. Oh, excuse me, please. Lieutenant Segal speaking. May I speak to Mr. Mitchell? Yeah. One moment, please. It's for you, Mitchell. The lady in question. Oh? Hello? This is Denise Manescu, Mr. Mitchell. Something has come up. I must see you at once. Okay, I'll be there in about 15 minutes. Well, it could be that Denise is starting to smell a rat, Lieutenant. I'd better get over there and see if it's the same rat I think it is. So, I head for the Manescu's house. Manescu, with a preoccupied look and a putter in his hand, lets me in the front door. Then he disappears into his study. Denise is waiting for me in the living room. Very much for coming, Mr. Mitchell. Oh, sure. You said something had come up, Denise? Yes. Uh, first, let me ask you, did you say anything to my husband when he let you in the front door? No, he looked like he was in another world. Yes, he seems to be worried about something. I'm afraid I know what it is. You think maybe he's been seeing Evil Osh lately? Yes, I think he has. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too. When my sister died, I thought that part of his life was over. It is not a very pleasant thing to realize that you have been married on the rebound, Mr. Mitchell. I told you that... What? What's the matter? Steve, there is someone on the roof of the house next door. What? Wait. Whoever it was saw me watching and disappeared. Come on. Here, we can go out through these French doors. Huh. Now we're in sight. Did you recognize him? All I could see was a trench coat, a slouched hat... And a gun. Look, you stay here. I'll circle around this house and try to climb up and nab him. I circle around the house next door. Then I spot some vines running up the wall. I start climbing, but ten feet from the ground, I hear a sound that stops me cold. I drop to the ground, run back to Manescu's house. The study window is shattered, and in front of it stands Denise, staring inside, half hysterical. Denise, what happened? Denise! Too late. I tried to warn him. Warn who? Look, there's a window. Manescu, on the floor. Tell me what happened, Denise. After you went around to the other side of that house, the person came back to the edge of the roof. That the door to the study? Yes. Come on. Suddenly I knew what was going to happen. I started running to the study window to warn my husband, but then the shot. Here we are. Mm. Bullet entered the top of his head. Must have come from the roof, all right. Wait a minute. What's that water glass doing on the floor? But I, I don't know. Uh, he must have knocked it over as he fell. Well, the man who shot him is probably a few blocks away by now. Steve. Steve, I do not think it was a man. What do you mean? You told me before the shot that he was wearing a trench coat and a slouch hat. Yes, but just before the shot, I got a quick look at the face. A woman? I think it was my sister, Eva. Uh, 
a most perplexing case, Mitchell. First, the janitor Joseph Bildner murdered. Second, the American Olson murdered. Third, George Maniscu. Murdered. But at least we know who's behind it all, Eva Loesch. So the big problem is finding her in those documents, Lieutenant. You know, there's one thing I don't get. Why is Eva hanging around town if she already has those documents? Mitchell, have you considered the possibility that Maniscu might have been shot by his wife, Danny? Sure, I've considered it. She had a motive, too. She knew her husband had been seeing Eva, but there's just one little item that sort of knocks that theory into a cocked hat. Yeah, unfortunately, you are right. You are referring, of course, to the angle at which the bullet entered Maniscu's head. Yeah, from the top of his head down. Which would indicate that the bullet was fired from some distance above him. That his wife was out on the terrace at the time, slowly below him. Uh, as a matter of fact, below All him. of which brings us back to our friend Eva. Excuse it, please. Are you Lieutenant Segal of the police? Yeah. I think perhaps you would be good enough to tell me what this is all about. Perhaps you would be good enough to tell me your name and what what is all about. Excuse I'm Anton. I drive taxi cab. So? So today in newspaper stands an advertisement. Wait a minute. You mean the one about the cab driver who picked up a woman at the plaza last Tuesday night? Yeah, you put it in? No, no. Uh, go on. I answer the ad. I go to the address. There is policeman there. And over in one corner, a woman sitting with her head in her hands, crying. That'd be Denise. So I tell policeman that I picked up a woman last Tuesday night. Probably Eva Lord. I did not know her name. I picked her up at the plaza, and she stayed in my cab only two blocks. She kept looking back over her shoulder, and then she made me pull over to the curb and got out. All this I tell policeman. He takes down my address and tells me to come over here to Imperial Bar and report to you. Very well. Thank you for your information. You may go now. Go, he says. Still, nobody tells me what this is all about. Well, that was a big bunch of nothing. Mitchell, this case is giving me a headache. Murders, stolen documents, political intrigue. And every time we think we have a fresh lead, it disappears into thin air. Poof! Poof. Hey, hey, watch it. Yeah, it would appear my gestures are a little too much. Waiter! Hey, wait a minute. What's the matter? Look, Siegel, you knocked the glass off the table just now and it broke. This is not a very profound observation, Mitchell. But I found a glass lying on its side in Minescu's study after he got shot. And that glass wasn't broken. Yet the table there is about the same height as the table here. What are you getting at? Minescu's glass wasn't knocked off the table. It was placed on the floor. So? So we've been a couple of prize jugheads. I still do not understand what... The whole thing has just fallen into place, Lieutenant. There's just one big thing wrong right now. What do you mean? I mean we could be just about five minutes too late. Mitchell, there's the cab driver's house just ahead. Okay, let's stop here, Lieutenant. We'll circle around to the back of the house. He probably keeps his cab there. Mitchell, I still do not understand why this taxi cab is suddenly so important to us. Look, remember what that cab driver said? When he picked up Eva after she'd killed that janitor, she only stayed in this cab a few minutes, then got out. Yeah, yeah, she hid the documents there. That is why she had Denise put that ad in the paper. She wanted to find that taxi cab driver. That's right, wait. Yeah, there's the cab in that little lean-to back of the house. Okay, let's take it as quiet as we can now. Mitchell, a flashlight. Someone is in that cab. Yeah, that doesn't really surprise me. Come on. <laughs> Found those documents yet? Dennis Manescu. No, Eva Loesch, Lieutenant. It's one and the same person. What? No, 
That's a lie. Save it, Eva. The real Denise got killed in the Berlin Blitz, didn't she? No. You figured it would be a neat scheme if people thought it was you who were killed. You posed as Denise, married Maniscue, and got out of town. Lies. All of them lies. I guess Maniscue was the right guy after all. He probably figured you'd reformed when he found out that you hadn't. You were afraid he'd expose you. You tried for him once on the golf course and got Olsen instead. Then you rigged this little scheme for my benefit at your house this afternoon and killed him. Mitchell, watch out. Yeah, I see the gun. Your aim isn't as hot as it was, Eva. Drop it. That's better. And thanks for giving us the one piece of evidence we needed. This gun of yours. I... Five will get you ten. We can prove that the slug that killed your husband came from this gun. You, you, I will uh, kill you. Ah, uh, temper, temper. Uh, Mitchell. Yeah? This is all very nice, but there's one thing that we may have difficulty in proving. What's that? The angle of elevation of the bullet that killed Maniscu. That's right. How could it have been fired by Ava here, who was oh. standing on the ground outside the window? You that see? That brings us back to the empty water glass, which was lying on its side on the floor in Maniscu's study. I should have figured it sooner. Figured what? Look, when Manescu let me in the front door, he had a putter in his hand. He'd already told me that he practiced putting at home whenever he had a problem. And along about then, he had a big problem. What to do about Eva? Putting? Yeah. How do you go about putting a golf ball, Lieutenant? Why, why one takes the club in his hand, bends over the ball, and... You can stop right there. That's what Manescu was doing. That's why the bullet entered the top of his head. Right, Eva? I have nothing to say. You don't have to. You know, you never want to underestimate anybody's golf game, Eva. You probably thought your husband's putting practice was a big joke. Well, maybe you were right. Yeah, I guess you could call it a joke. A real funny one. It'll kill you. Well, we certainly enjoyed that assignment, Brian. Your usual sterling performance. Thank you, Frank. I uh, had an extra bowl full of Wheaties this morning. Maybe that helped. <laughs> I'm sure it did, Brian. But seriously, you know, Wheaties can make a difference. Oh, I agree. Less of a letdown. Oh, more of the old up and at them. That's right. But I have something to confess, Frank. You have what? The real reason I eat Wheaties is I like them. Well, good for you. Best reason in the world. It's fine, the whole wheat, vitamins and minerals and proteins in Wheaties. But it's just the plain goodness you go for, huh? That's right, Frank. Ladies and gentlemen, you have heard the words of an honest man. Get your Wheaties tomorrow. Work better all morning for it. But most of all, eat them because you like them. Right, Brian Donlevy? Right, Frank. Good night. Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell, is written by Bob Reif, with music by Basil Adlam, conducted by Ralph Hollenbeck, and is produced and directed by Bill Carn. Join us again next Wednesday when Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell embarks on another Dangerous Assignment. And this is the Wheaties man, Frank Martin, inviting you to listen Thursday, that's tomorrow night, to Sarah Berner in Sarah's Private Caper on the Wheaties Big Parade. See you then. <laughs> Next, listen for The Falcon on NBC. Steve Mitchell is written by Bob Reif with music by Basil Adlam, conducted by Ralph Hollenbeck, and is produced and directed... When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. 
like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.